I was nothing. I was broke. I had no money. I think I went to LA with like $400. And luckily my manager at the time, he, he believed. I had to grow up a lot faster than a lot of my friends and, and the people around me to survive. Hello, my fellow Martians. My name is Harry Mars, and this is the On Mars Pod, where we take a deep dive into creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring Martians alike. If I say no, I will wonder the rest of my life if that move could have been the move that would change my life forever. I'm not concerned about when. That's inevitable. I can't change that. What I'm concerned about is making sure that when it happens, I'm ready. I do it for the passion. I do it to change people's lives because I know growing up, music was a release for me. It was a form of therapy and it helped change my life. Hello, my fellow Martians. Today on Mars, we are joined by an independent artist, singer, and a professional dancer. Everybody, please welcome Michael Minnelli. Thank you so much for being here today. Clap man. for me, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so glad the audience could be here with us. Yeah. Uh, it's a packed house. It's sold out. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're here, but everybody's being quiet. So they're, yes, yes. they're uh, helping us out. Got to calm the audience down yes, here. They're, yes. they're being a little rowdy. But <laughs> <laughs> So Mike just got off a massive uh, Euro tour with Anise. Yes. And uh, I mean, massive in the sense that it's a really big deal. It wasn't a lot of shows, but right. you were, it was your first time in Europe. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are going to definitely get into that. But I just wanted to preface that. Like this dude is making big moves right now. But uh, so super grateful trying, to have man. this we here. We trying, man. We trying. 2024, baby. You know, we, we leveling it up. It's been a long time, man. You've yeah. been uh, you've been making music for a very long time. And I do kind of want to start. Um, you grew up in Connecticut. Yep. Um, so I just want to talk about that growing up in Connecticut and, um, you know, passions early on and ho hobbies. What were you doing out there when you were a kid? Uh, being just a kid, you know, it's like one of those things where you don't really, you're just born where you're born and, and you know, like, that's all you know. And yeah. so for me, um, just like anywhere, you know, I'm just a, a product of my environment and, uh, you know, just living life and, and just kind of just being, being a kid, right? Like it was the same thing as everybody, you know, riding bikes, yeah. hanging out with your friends, like school, uh, doing all that stuff and, and just being, just being me, um, while also just finding my love for music. Absolutely. So when you were a kid, you know, it's just like, because uh, you grew up in the, the late 80s and 90s. Is that right? The 90s. Yeah. So yes. you were a kid in the 90s. So you didn't, you grew up just like when I did. So you didn't have phones. You didn't have technology. Yeah. So you were outside. You were playing sports and hanging out with the neighborhood kids. And oh, all that. yeah. Yeah. Nah, it was big. Like you knew where you were when you saw like six bikes in the front park. Oh lot. yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Like, so uh, <laughs> it, it was simpler times for sure where you just, you know, went around and, and have fun and, uh, and just kicked it. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah. So uh, growing up, uh, did you have like siblings and stuff that you were hanging out with and did, did you guys hang out a lot? I hung out with my, um, my older cousin. He's one year older than me. Okay. And um, I have a younger sister. Uh, we hung out as well, but you know, you know, just like anything, um, yeah, I hung out with with my cousin a lot, and then I just had like a core group of friends that like I you know was always you know the neighborhood gang. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I'm saying? Where you just you ride out and you you form like your little bike gang and yeah, and, uh, you dip around and you know also like I played sports, so I would be chilling with you know my friends on my team. 
um and then just kids in, in school and shit like that hell yeah man no i definitely relate and it's funny like when you say you could when you know where everyone's at because where their bikes are yeah <laughs> it's just like no, that's real. just all in the front yeah back <laughs> in the like, day that's like i'd be riding around i'd be like oh shit they're over there yeah let me, let me pull, <laughs> let me pull up, up on them real quick <laughs> So, Hell yeah, dude. Yes, just sir. different times. Yes, sir. Um, so then uh, I know your parents growing up were ballroom dancers. Yeah. And um, you said your grandparent was a singer as well. So yeah. you were influenced by the arts. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, like, can you talk about that and like what kind of influence that had um, and like how old are you when they were doing these things? Uh, I literally was born into it. Oh, wow. Actually. So um, even before I was born, you know, my mom was a professional ballroom dancer and my dad got into it because of my mom, wow. right? So she owned, uh, it, it, it's called Arthur Murray Dance Studio. She owned one of like the the places in Connecticut. Um, and she was traveling around all over the country doing like ballroom competitions and stuff like that. So early in my life, I was traveling with them, wow. uh, watching. And as I got a little older, I would even do some of the competitions. Uh, I stopped ballroom dancing because I didn't like wearing dress shoes. Wow. Yeah, like I didn't no like. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is like, this ain't me. Like, I want to wear sneakers, and I'm not this guy. So, I stopped early, which is obviously a big regret because I feel like I could have really crushed in that lane. But um, yeah, kind of just like prepared me early on for performance and and being yeah. an entertainer. My mom was yeah. a big personality. Uh, I would say that I get my personality from both my parents. Uh, my dad was, you know, funny dude and could light up any room but my mom had such a presence yeah. you know and, and everyone the stories that I hear it's just like you know when 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 Debbie Minnelli walked in a room like you knew it right and so like I've kind of tried to carry that same uh energy as I grew into myself was like no matter where I go when I walk in a room I want you to feel it whether it's yo I know who that guy is and like he's he's amazing or like yo who is that why is right. he so comfortable in any surrounding that he's in yeah. um so yeah and and then just like hearing stories from my family about my grandfather right like it was the classic yo throw the six kids in in a station wagon and ride around the country and you're constantly moving because he's got residencies in different places and back then he was touring with a 12-piece band like horns and all Damn. that stuff you know so like just hearing those stories it would always it always get me excited being like, man, one day I want to, I want to do that. You know? So it was like, I always shot to like, out. I don't want to say outlive, but like do it bigger. Right. You know what I mean? Like totally. I want, I like, I think we all, we all strive to be like the greatest versions of ourselves. And for me, it was like, cool. Like he did that. I'm going to do that times a hundred. Yeah. You know, hundred percent, dude. It's cool that you were exposed to that entertainment industry so early to that level too, where yeah. it's like, they weren't just doing it as like hobbies. These were professional trained. Oh uh, yeah. No, entertainers. I mean, that's, that's how he provided for his family and, and, you know, my father and, and, and all my aunts and uncles is traveling the country and performing songs. And back then you didn't have to write music. You right. were just performing other people's music. So like right. he was heavy in like Frank Sinatra. So he was doing a lot of Frank Sinatra okay. records um, and just, yeah, just super tight. But it's crazy because there's been a couple times in my life where I've run into people that knew him or saw him perform. Really? Very, very. Yeah. Like very, like maybe like three people in my whole life. In Connecticut? Uh, Yeah. Okay. But it's just like, you know, just to, to get that like, oh, 
like any relation to Dino Minnelli. And it's like, yeah, that was my grandfather. Cause I didn't meet him. He passed away before I was born. Oh, wow. So okay. I just go off of stories, you know, but I think for my family, it's super dope for them um, to see me doing what I do now because it's kind of like that, like next legacy of Minnelli. Absolutely. You they know? said it was written that you were going to be an artist or some type of entertainer. So they went, um, it, yeah. So, um, they went and saw like a medium. Yeah. Okay. At like some point, like my family. Yeah. 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 And uh, they had said that somebody in my family was going to grow up and be like a famous musician. That's insane. So like, you know, selfishly, I'm like, it's got to be me. It's got to be. You know? And so like, it's gotta I, be. That's, I always kept that in my head where it was like, okay, like, I know this is what I want to do. And for so many years I wasn't successful. And now right. I'm not even saying I am successful, but I'm I'm making a living off of art. My art. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um and so I just keep playing into that and just keep working, working towards that. But yeah, super dope to, you know, be able to say that I'm like adding to the Manelli like musical like, legacy. Legacy. Yeah, dude. That's exact that's the word, the legacy, man. Yeah. And when did they see that medium? Um, it was, I was young, so I wasn't even in music yet. Wow. Like I was probably seven. Okay. You know, Dang, um, like first grade. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was at a point where like music really wasn't at the, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm playing with my friends and riding bikes and stuff like that and just being a kid. Right. And, uh, when they said that, I was like, cool. Like I, I'd love to sing. Like I was always, you know, putting on little shows on the, on the fireplace like during family holidays and stuff like that, just singing and just always wanting the attention from my family. Um, so yeah, it was kind of dope. It was kind of dope to just keep keep going with it. So then in fourth grade is when you kind of started taking singing kind of seriously. Is that- That is was the, when I caught, like that's when I caught the bug. Yeah. Like that's when I knew, like I was like, I love this feeling. Yeah. This is so cool, you know? Because um, up until then, I was kind of like just the class clown. Okay. And like the the kid that like liked to have a good time and run around and smile and nobody knew that I could sing. And 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 honestly, I wasn't even a great singer, right? But I like I could hold a hold a note. And uh I I did a, a solo in like the the school, not talent show, but it was like choir, right? Like choir shows, you know how you had those back in the day. Um and I fought for the solo. Hell and even yeah. my music teacher was just like, Mike, stop. <laughs> You don't do this. And I'm like, no, I I, I can't. I yeah, like <laughs> I, I can do it. And I remember just coming in and like, you know, learning the solo. And it was like, I, I remember, I forgot. It was like, he gave me like three days or something like that to learn it. And like, I went home and I'm like writing down the lyrics, like wow. to memorize them and just like study and practice and figure out how to sing it. And like, so that when I walked in there, like, I want to blow you away. Yeah, You know, like that's one thing about me is that, um, I'm a preparation guy. So like I will prepare because I, I'm not one of these guys that like is naturally gifted to sing anything in the world. You know, I really have to like learn something and it's just like anything like an athlete, like you watch film during the week on the team you're about to play. Like that's how I look at it. Right. Where it's like, okay, I got to sing this song. Cool. Let me learn this song. Let me learn where they take their breaths. Okay. I can't hit that note. How do I modify it to make it work for my voice? Yeah. You know, so uh, and I went in there and I did it. And um, I just remember 
like all the parents after the show coming up and being like, we had no idea you could sing. Like, wow. this is incredible. So from that point on, yeah, it was, yo, no greater feeling in the world. This is what I want to do, which is kind of crazy thinking about it, you know, being in fourth grade and being <laughs> right. like, no, I want to. 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I want to yeah. be a singer yeah. for the rest of my life or an entertainer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. The fact that you were already having those professional practices, because that's very professional of you to like want to put that time in and, you know, practice and yeah. nail. So that way, when you do get up on stage, you're like, this is the best version of this that I could have possibly put on. Yep. And because being a kid, it's so easy to just like take that shit for granted. Oh, and yeah. Not even think about it too hard like that. Yeah. And it's not till later years where it's just like you're told you have to practice yeah. is that people actually put the practice in. But you weren't told to do any of that. You were no. you're the one that had the initiative. And it might have been because of the examples that you had from your family yeah. that like they are professionals. I want to be at that level for sure. So at ten years old, you're like, I got to put the work in. I, I got, I had to. Yeah, yeah and it was, it was <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah, the discipline in me was was very strong. Absolutely, you know what I mean. I was like, oh, okay, I want to do this. I'm gonna do it. Absolutely, man. So then, did that translate into dancing as well? Because I know you were, you're like professional, like hip hop dancer as well. And I don't know, like, what other styles of dance you're well versed in. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. But, I'm not. I'm not even. I wouldn't even say I'm well versed. Right. It was just like. I I feel music. Okay. You know, and so for me like I obviously had rhythm um and I enjoyed dancing. So like and and everyone kind of knew it, right? Like at like you know, school dances and stuff like that, you'd be dancing and and parties, you're, Circle. yeah, like yeah, like, yeah, like up, circles like, <laughs> and having dance <laughs> yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And so like what happened was is um me and another friend of mine from my school were always dancing. And then we were hearing like talks from like the other side of town where there's this one kid that also does it. And so now we're like, oh Battle. shit. Yeah. Like at first we're like, nah, he can't outdance us. But then what came to be was um, once I forgot when it was, maybe it was in high school when the two schools come together. Yeah. We, we like started dancing together. So everybody just knew us as like these three dudes who danced, okay. you know? And, uh, I would say for me, like singing didn't come as natural. So dancing was just one of those things where we just started. And again, same preparation discipline where it was like, once we decided to do it, we were rehearsing three times a week. We were at yeah. this dance studio three times a week, just like practicing, working on routines, working on our craft, freestyle and videoing ourselves, watching ourselves, seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, and then we started doing competitions, like dance competitions, stuff like that, and started really getting our name out there. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. Wow. In high school. And so, uh, you know, again, it was just like anything, right? Like you play a sport, you practice with your team, you you do art, you you're in art class or after school, you're you're painting and you're working on your craft. Right. For us, it was like cool during the week like we're gonna be at the studio working on routines and working on our craft that's just what we did stay out of trouble yeah. you know what i'm saying so uh yeah dance kind of just like fell in into the place of like hey this is working we're we're making a name for ourselves um people are enjoying it and it just kept us busy honestly 
Man, I uh, I love that you were able to find like a crew in a way as well too, because that was like fueling your entertainment bug in a way, or well, it's yeah. like your entertainer bug, yeah. where it's just like you had other people to do this stuff with. Yeah, and it was it was like we were we were genuine friends, so it was like it was just fun. Like we're just getting together, and like some days we might not even dance that much. We might just clown around in the studio, you know what I'm saying, or joke, or tell stories, or um, or plan you know yo what do you think about doing this next year what do you think yeah. about this you know so for for me it was it was um it was like a safe safe space yeah, you know absolutely and it's cool that's like not only were you guys having fun but it, it was keeping you out of trouble you guys weren't Facts. doing drugs you guys weren't going partying yeah, all the time nah. because you wanted to be the best version of you on the dance floor yeah we had to and we didn't have time i mean like it was like you know dancing is such a uh Ener energetic like thing to do that you have to be in tip-top shape you you yeah. know so like i i was a late bloomer to like even drinking alcohol yeah because i was busy dancing right <laughs> yeah. like and, and uh it, like never have done drugs in my life wow, you know man. just super focused um never wanted to go down that route uh, i saw so many people do it and mm. and saw their lives transition yeah, that tough. i was just like nah that can't be me yeah you know for sure and life gives you those examples of other people to kind of learn from and show you what you shouldn't do and what you should do and uh it's it's cool that you were able to have both those examples people that wanted to be the best versions of themselves and then yeah. also people that went the for sure the other route yeah and i always say like you know you have two choices anytime you see that right mm -hmm. you can become a product of that or you can become a person who despises that and and uses that to never make you a product of that yeah. right so it's like growing up um you know my mom not to dive too deep but like became an alcoholic right and so i spent a lot of time at bars mm. and parents with other kids would be there as well and now i'm hanging out with those kids and so you know now being older a lot of those kids became their parents oh, yeah you know and so right. like when i run into them they're just like you can almost see the the regret in their face yeah because they're like damn if i just took a right instead of left maybe i'd be where mike is or in a position or found my passion or something like that but 100%. you know that that's life and that's we're all faced with choices every day and we have to make decisions that affect our future and you don't really you don't really understand the weight of that as a kid absolutely you know not. what i'm saying because yeah. you're like oh like i could go do this these drugs oh i could slack off oh i could skip work oh i could you know and and i'll make up for it but it's like yo everything is a piece in the puzzle yeah. And so for me, it was just like, nah, like the second I had a, an opportunity to break away from all that and and remove myself from that situation, I did to focus on music. Absolutely. Man, it's I love that you were able to have that um, that mindset as a kid and be so young and be so driven so early because it's like people that start in their 20s, they have such a lesser chance of becoming. Yeah 
someone. And it's just like, not to say that it can never happen, but like, because you started so young, it was already written for you. If, as long as you kept going, yeah. you would be here with that, where you're at now. Right. So, um, and something I want to talk about was when we had, um, we had you on the Amplified podcast, the short-lived Amplified with Futuristic and yeah. the Genre, you talked about um, something that stuck with me. You said the past is printed and it was yeah. referring to uh, when Zach asked you about losing your parents early yeah. and talking about how all you can do is move forward and inspire people around you. And I, I thought that was really beautiful and a very, very um, good perspective to have with something that's so tragic. Yeah. Um, so how did that influence your life? And when did, how old were you when that, when that happened? It was so uh, like between seven and 21, right? Okay. So like, but, you know, life took a turn so like I was, you know, born into a, a loving family. Right. And we had we had money, like both parents working, both owned businesses. My dad owned a painting company. My mom was a dance studio owner. Um, and so we we're living a good life. And then once my father passed away, my mom became an alcoholic, lost everything, you know. And so I got to see both sides of the coin early on where it was like, cool, like, I got all the toys I need. I can do whatever I want. You know, like I can throw a temper tantrum and, and get what I want to my mom picking me up from school being like, yo, we got to go pack up the crib because we're getting, we're, we got evicted and we have to be out by the end of day. Damn. Right. And then like seeing your friends live that comfortable life that you thought you were going to live. And now everything has shifted in your life. Right. So, uh, you know, reality set in really early in life for me. And I realized that unless I do it for myself, I'm, I'm going to become this. Yeah. And so like, yes, I was a, you know, a kid, but I had to grow up a lot faster than a lot of my friends and, and the people around me to survive. Absolutely. So a lot of it was based off of survival. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, that's really what, I don't want to say separated me, but allowed me to focus on my craft for so long because I kind of buried myself in it. You know, I, I, I turned a lot of the outside noise off and just said, Hey, whether I like it or not, life goes on. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't, um, choose to better yourself, life will swallow you up and you could sit there and make excuses and poor me's and all this stuff, but no one's coming to save you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like save yourself. And and that's kind of the mindset and mentality I've had since I was a kid. Yeah. So and, and being in that position where it's something so tragic, it, it, you are set with that same type of idea where it's like you can go right or you can go left yeah. where you can go into the woe is me and sadness and let it take you down and, and make you feel bad forever. Yeah. Or you can use it as fuel to like understand that this life is not promised right. and you know, it can be taken from you at any given moment. Exactly. So you need to live your life to the fullest. And that's, you just triple down on, on that when, when those things happen to you. And for sure, I mean, it's, it's beautiful that you've had that perspective for so long. And I mean, it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to have that experience so early, but you know, it made you who you are today yeah, really no, at the no end doubt. of the day. So it's just like, um, so we're talking about family and they very much influenced your, your musical abilities. Um, but let's talk about what they were playing around the house growing up in like musical artists. And what were you listening to growing up? Oh man, Motown. Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yes. all Motown, like Temptations, you know, the Jackson five, uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes, like just 
all good music. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's one thing that I, I'm really blessed with is the fact that I grew up on timeless music. Right. You know, and yeah. and for me, that is what I've strived for in my music where it's like, cool, I can make music for the moment or I can make music forever. Yeah. For a forever moment. Right. And so like, that's why a lot of the songs, like even I haven't had a song blow up. Right. But I've had songs become like proposals, first dances, like songs that have brought families back together, parent and son or parent and daughter, like rekindle relationships because of the weight of the message within the music. And to me, that's greater than a, a billion streams on a song. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Like having someone hit me and be like, yo, I, I literally was battling cancer and like I listen to music every day and it gave me the courage and the motivation to keep fighting. And now I'm in remission and, and you know, like, wow. like, so and, even at an artist at my level, like people don't understand like how impactful that is to someone like me. Right. I remember the first time getting one of those and I've had several messages like that. And I always think like, man, like to go through what you're going through to use my music as the tool of motivation and, and fire to fight this thing that you're fighting. Like, and I'm sitting here worried about, dang, my song only has 200,000 streams. Like it puts so much into perspective for me. And so that's why like anytime I find myself worrying about numbers, I remind myself the impact yeah. that I'm making. For sure, man. You're changing people's lives without even realizing it. And I think it's because of the fact that you're putting your heart and your soul into the messages that you put in your songs. And uh, you're not writing songs for the hype. You're not writing songs for the moment and for like to follow trends and things like that. Yeah. And um, you're not even necessarily talking about current events and things. You're, yeah. you're talking about things that you experience that can be universally relatable. And I think talking about like Motown and those types of artists, a lot of the times they were talking about heartbreak, yeah. love, and those types of universal feelings. And I feel like you do that same thing. And it makes sense that you had those influences because I 100% hear that like timeless type of music. Um, and like the music that when you hear it, you get goosebumps. That's the Appreciate type of, that. of course, man. I mean, yeah, if anyone hasn't heard Michael Minnelli, <laughs> go listen to him. <laughs> Pause this video, go stream him, come yeah, back. Yeah, 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 do that, do that, do that. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's uh, it's cool that you've had, like you had those those real instrument um, types of artists around you um, growing up because that's, I mean, obviously influenced the, the music that you make today and continue to like surround yourself with those same type of musicians as yeah. well that like to make that type of music. Um, so did you, uh, did you find your producer, uh, kind of early on or did you work with a bunch of different people writing music early or? I definitely work with a, a few people. I want to say a bunch. Okay. Um, cause I was big on like, you know, find, find your guy and stick with him. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, the first, uh, dude I worked with, like he was more of like a hip hop producer. Um, and so I started like, that's kind of where I feel like. I worked out a lot of the kinks with who I was going to become. Right. And I knew again, in that moment, I was like, I'm not making the music that I think is going to be my forever sound. I'm learning how to make music in real time. Yeah. You know? And for me, um, I learned a lot about myself during that time where it was like, okay, like, 
you're using way too much auto tune and you don't really know how to write a song yet. And you don't know methods and structure and, and, um, you know, all that different, different type of stuff. But the thing with me was, is that I was so dedicated that I did it every single day regardless. And so, you know, I learned like the rights and wrongs or, or, or my pockets throughout. And, and, you know, a lot of times people hit me and they're like, I'm trying to become a writer. I'm trying to become an artist. Like what, what uh, advice do you have? And I'm just like, yo, do it every single day. That's it. Like if you work a job, you're not the best at that job on day one, day five, day 10, but you go talk to somebody who's been at that job for 20 years. They're doing it in their sleep. Yeah. It's repetition. You know what I'm saying? So like, and music a lot of times is the same way, except, you know, I don't mean it's repetition, but like once you learn how to do things, your confidence grows. Yeah. And there were times where like I wasn't confident in my writing ability or my singing ability or what I was doing. And, you know, we all have this sense of like, ooh, everything we do is hot, you know? And so I really had to like be realistic with what I was doing and being like, this ain't it yet. But if I stop now, this is all it'll ever be. Right. So let me keep going and grow and grow. And that's why a lot of times I'll sit down and I'll go and listen to like my early, early work and be like, whole shit. Yeah. Like I really like, and people are like, yo, you're so good. Like every song you write is a, like a, like a hit. I don't mean a hit record, but like you hit it. Right. Right. You have no misses. And I'm like, I have so many misses. You just don't get to hear them Yeah, because I know what's good and bad. Like I can, I can say I write a lot of bad shit. Um, the difference is I also feel like I'm good at knowing what's right to put out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And I see a couple parallels with like uh, sports and comedy. Because um, comedians, I was watching this thing where Dave Chappelle was talking about the uh, the New York comedy world. And how because it was so prevalent and there was so much going on, you could do upwards of 12 to 14 shows in one night. Yeah. So basically like five minute sets. But like he could try a joke. And if he came up with a joke on the second set, he'd have 12 more times to do it that night. Right. So the progress was happening very quickly of refining. And I think that's the same thing with you when you talk about like doing it every day. If you see something that you don't like, you fix it for the next time. And you just double down on that every time. 10 years down the line, you look at your first song versus your last song. You're like miles different. And if you would have not done that every day, you would not have got to that point. And it's about studying. You know, like you always have to study right like i study music you know what i'm saying like i study the greats i pay and not even just the greats like i study other people to see like mm, they tried to fit too many words that line feels forced that doesn't feel authentic to their voice i don't even know if the story they're telling right now is true to them because i don't believe you when you sing it you know and those are things that i learned along the way so it's like you know, just be comfortable. There's certain artists where it's like you hear a song and you're just like, every single line is comfortable. Every part of the song is comfortable, you know? Um, and studying is such an important part of the game that I feel like people miss nowadays, Yeah, right? They're just like, cool, I can hold a note. I could sing a uh, like a very catchy melody. Let me just make music. And it's like, you don't go and do the research on the greats to figure out like, well, how'd they pop? What what worked for them? And then that also allows you to find out, damn, there's 12 to 15 people that worked on those songs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like 
for me, it was, you know, just understanding the surroundings and, and, and all the pieces that go into the greater picture of music. Absolutely, man. And that's that's a very good point where like people just kind of look at it as a surface level and they yeah. don't deep dive. And a lot of times, like especially nowadays, everyone wants to be an artist just because it's cool to be an artist. And that's, um, you know, never been the people that s- succeed for a long time and have longevity. So it's the people that, you know, did their homework and study these things, figure out who made these songs, who are the producers, who yeah. are the writers. And it's like, who are those people? And it's like, there's names that you'll never even know unless you did research and like Facts. looked inside like the the CD covers where it shows all the songwriters yeah. and stuff like that. No, nah, it's 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 um for me it's it's interesting because I'm also an artist that like I have no problem going back in and reworking a song as many times as it takes to get the right feeling from it, right? Like a, a song like Give It a Try, my it's my biggest record that song was reworked four times before it came out. And it was like, we did all different variations. The verse was different. The production was, the production started off as like a true hip hop beat. And I wrote it and then I came up with the hook and I was like, cool, the hook's tight. The verses are doo-doo. Like, let me, you know, but I don't think I can write better verses to this beat. I think the beat doesn't fit. And I think we need to go back to like, true r&b essence yeah. of music and um that's what we did and that's what's out today and it it did really it does it's still doing really well yeah so it's just like one of those things i think people are just like oh cool i wrote a song that's what the song is and for me it's like but is it the best version of that song yeah. that it can be for sure, you know, um, for sure. Not just leaving it there, just like trying to figure it out. If it's not setting, like sitting with you, like where you're feeling like you have to settle, that's when you know it's not right. Yeah. Where it's just like, I don't love this. Well, then fix it. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like figure for me, out a way it to has love to it. feel right. <laughs> yeah, like it has to, to feel right. Like, yeah, I go off of feel. Everything in my whole life that I do is feel and passion. If yeah. I'm not passionate about it, I can't do it. Like even with jobs, that's why like I could never hold a job for a long time because I didn't have any passion with that job. So it was just like monotonous bullshit that like I was like, bro, this ain't for me. You had to, you know, you felt like you had to be there just to make a living. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. the same thing with, with music and, and the writing, it's like, cool, like I love this. This is a representation of me. I'm not going to be able to be in rooms or cars or you know headphones when people listen to this and explain why i did it so therefore let me make sure it is 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 true to what i want it to be so that i don't have to explain anything to you the explanations in the music yeah 100 percent, man and uh it's it's cool that you grew up in a an early time too because i feel like back in those days artistry was different um so like uh i wanted to ask you about like cultural influences like mtv vh1 days and seeing like the artists that were at like a list because they're everyone was backed by labels and everyone had money and if you were an artist you were backed by a label pretty much like indie didn't exist really nope because of money and uh do you feel like those that like you were influenced pretty heavily by um by pop culture in those days yeah, I mean, for me, like, it was, everyone was a superstar. Right. You know, exactly. we didn't have, like, mid-level artists. There wasn't levels. It was like, you're on or you're not. Yeah, exactly. You're a, you're an you're an artist or you're a writer. 
Right. You know, or you're a producer. Right. And, and you didn't hear about those people. <laughs> unless you were like the top. You unless know, you were Timbaland, yeah, Pharrell, Neptune. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, like, it was, yo, and don't, don't get me wrong, I don't do this. Like, I don't do this right now. But like, yo, get on a treadmill, jog, and sing your songs to get your breathing up. Like, that's what they used to say. Make sure you could dance and sing at the same time. Be an entertainer. Stand in a mirror. Work on your performance. Watch yourself. Make sure you look right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Beyonce's, Usher's, Justin yeah. Timberlake's. Like, those guys, those are, in my eyes, those are like the last of the Mohegans, like Chris Brown, right? Like, yeah. people who really step on stage and entertain. And I used to say that I wasn't a singer. I was an entertainer because I knew you know, I hit a bunch of bad notes when I perform. Like I'm not like this pitch perfect type of singer. I give you my soul and I put on a show and I entertain. So like when you come to a Michael Minnelli show, you might not even know my music. You might've never heard it before, but by the end of my set, you're going to want to listen to it and you're going to want to come to another show. Sure. And I always, those were the two points that I wanted to get across anytime I performed, no matter where I was in the lineup, no matter, like I said, if you know me or not, you're going to sit there and be like, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. He's meant to be on that stage. Absolutely. And it's an energy thing too. And you say you do everything by feeling. And I think that's another like, uh, you know, example of that. Like yeah. your shows, you, you're heavy on the energy. You know, you're getting crowds of 500,000 people two-stepping to yeah. you that don't even know who you are. Facts. You know, so it's like, that's, and that's energy where like people remember that and they're yeah. like, who was that guy though? Right, it's right. It's like they didn't even come to see you, but you made an impact on them because of your feeling and energy. Whether the, like, anyone likes or not, I'm a part of the show. Yeah. Right. And so my job in a lot of these moments are get the party started, right? If they come in there and they're having a bad day and uh, whatever, something could have happened, they could have got fired, but they had the tickets and they were coming anyway. Like it is my job to make you forget about everything yeah. and get ready to have a good ass time. And so <laughs> yeah. when I step, like there's a lot of times where I step on stage, I'm struggling. You know, energy wise, like I'm having a, a day or whatever. I'm tired. I've gotten two hours of sleep. And when I step on that stage, like it just always happens. Something clicks in my brain and I become a different person. And I just know, hey, no matter what happens, I'm about to command this room. Yeah. I am going to force you to give me your attention. And that. so, you know, things I learned along the way, like a lot of the like the two steps and stuff like that. I learned that from like Red Man and Method Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. and, and there's a reason that those guys have been doing this for 30 plus years and they're still getting booked as headliners for festivals and shows because they put on a great show. They care. You can tell they care. There's no reason Red Man and Method Man should be doing dance routines during their set, but they do. Yeah. And I took that to heart and I was like, they care. And that's why they still get booked. And that's something like for me, it's like, if I never have a hit record, if I never have my quote unquote blow up moment, I still want to be able to perform 15, 20 years from now just based on my performance. Yeah. Hey, we, we know that these fans aren't going to know who Mike is before the show, but we know he's going to make sure that they're ready to rock when the headliner goes on and they're going to remember him at the end of it. For sure. And this is like artists will know that promoters will know that. And just the whole music industry will know that like he puts on an amazing show. Just yeah. And you're a performer like through and through. So it's thank you. bro. Yeah, man. No, I, I love to hear that. 
Um, so going into talking about, um, you briefly moved to LA. Uh, we talked about this on the amplified pod as well, um, where you were given an opportunity and you were only supposed to be there for like a month and then ended up being like nine months. Um, so I kind of just want to talk about like how that changed you and, um, like what, what that meant to you at the time, because I mean, to a lot of people, especially in entertainment, that's, that's the end all be all like California, LA, the, you know, the Hollywood, that's. Everyone wants to be there. So, yeah. How did that feel at the time? Um, Again, I learned a lot during that time. Right. Took a lot of chances. I was working a job. I uh, brought on a new manager. He just moved to L.A. He said, yo, come out here. Live with me. I'll pay for everything. Just come out and make music. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, And I didn't take that lightly. You know, I went out there and I worked on music every single day, bro. In a bedroom. It was it was you know, one window, a bedroom, me and my producer at the time uh, were just sleeping in this room. He was on an air mattress. I was on a bed. We would wake up, we go in the living room, we'd have breakfast and coffee. We go back in the bedroom, work on music. At the end of the night, we'd eat dinner in the living room and then we come back in the bedroom and go to sleep. So you weren't even working like a nine to five or anything like that? I was you weren't nothing. Working a job. I was broke. Yeah. I had no money. I think I went to LA with like $400. Wow. And, and luckily my manager at the time, he, he believed. Yeah. You know, and, and he wanted he he knew that it was only a matter of time before we would get a look. You know, we did get a look. We we started doing writing sessions for Warner um, and like I was doing sessions for I did a session for Jason Derulo. I did a session for Kevin Gates. I did mm, a session. Wow. Um, I can't remember the, the other artists, but like we were in we were in those writing sessions where it was like but but those were machines where it's like, hey. You got to bang out eight songs in this session, ideas, half songs, whatever, um, so we could pitch it, you know, and uh, it it taught me a lot about the fact that I never just want to be a writer. Right. I'm not, that's not my bag. You know, I'm, I'm too, um, I'm too passionate about what I do to just rush through things. And for me, it, it took the love away for a little bit of the music, um, but I wrote a lot of records when I was out there and a lot of the records that have come out in the last two to three years are some of those songs. And to me, that's just, again, a product of making music that could last forever. Right. Because a song like I put out last year coming home, I wrote five years ago, Yeah, insane. you know, and that's, that's the actual recording right. that I recorded five years ago in a, uh, a living room in San Fernandino Valley. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and, and now it's out there and people are singing it at my shows. Man, so. that's that's amazing. And so you, when you were taking these these meetings, you were taking these meetings as a writer to potentially like write for other artists or were they taking these meetings as like an artist, Michael Minnelli? Uh, we were doing them as, as like artist Michael Minnelli. But I think the thing was, is like we didn't know what we know now. I see. Right. So like I didn't have any music out. Mm. I had no music out. I had no fan base, no following. And I was still under the assumption of like, hey, if a label signs us, they'll blow us up because we don't we haven't made an impact in the industry. We're a new artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my biggest. That's my biggest regret is like during those nine months, I didn't shoot one piece of content. I didn't put out anything. You know, it was really it was like I call it. I call that moment in my life like boot camp. For sure. Because it, 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 it showed me how to work, how to grind, how to 
be away from family and friends. Like I wasn't chilling with nobody. I didn't have any friends in LA. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I wasn't going out, wasn't doing anything, just working on music. And there was times where I struggled with that, you know, especially during like certain holidays. You're like, everyone's back home doing, having a good time and and you're here, you know, chasing this dream. But this is what you always wanted. You always wanted to come to LA and everybody back home is looking at you like, yo, Mike's doing it. He's you in LA. Yeah, and little sure. did they know I'm depressed because I'm not home with my people, you know, living, living life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that time of my, my career was, that was the breaking point. I, I, uh, you know, after the nine months, it kind of, everything kind of just like, you know, the energy dies after you're pushing for so long. And, uh, I came home and I had nowhere to live. Um, I in started, Connecticut. yeah, in Connecticut, I started, uh, like randomly, like I kind of forced it, but like one of my good friends at the time, um, we were working on like cover videos and stuff like that. And I came home and like, I would just, I just started sleeping in the basement. Like I had nowhere <laughs> oh, else yeah. to go. So I'm like, cool. There's three couch cushions from an old couch that he had. I just put it in the corner of the room and I would just sleep on it that night. And then I would make sure, you know, the next morning I was like, that was all packed up by the time his mom woke up or come down, came down because she's like, who's, why is he right, just sleeping right, downstairs? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you know, uh, I was, you know, every, everyone kind of like fizzled out, you know, like they were moving on. And so for me, it was the first time in a long time that I was alone completely, like mm. thought everyone gave up on me, thought music was over. Um, and I had to make a decision. And in that moment, my producer who I still work with, um, he was the one that came out to LA with me. He was like, yo, the only time it's over is when you let it be over. The only time the train stops is when you stop the train. Yeah. Otherwise, you can keep it going in some way, shape, or form. And I took that to heart. Good. And I was like, you know what? Like, you're right. I, I so I, I, I made a point to, to really start using the, the fuel of being left and forgotten as my fire for my resurgence as an artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, you don't you don't think I got it no more? Cool. Let me show you I do. And, you know, growing up as an athlete, I'm very competitive. So when someone doubts me, that's my that's my push. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I would always be like, oh, okay, bet. Like, I'm going to make sure that that person comes back and reaches out to me because they see me moving and they regret letting me go. 100%. You know? Um, yeah. And so that's when everything kind of shifted. And I just started saying like, yo, at the end of the day, I write music. I can record myself. So nobody can stop me but me. Yeah. I love that he he gave you that perspective early. Cause I mean, for, for any artist or any type of inner, um, anybody in the entertainment industry at all, that's aspiring, like you are in control of your own destiny at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's just like, if you want it to end and you want to kill it, then kill it. You know, you, you don't have to keep going, but yeah. if you want to keep going and you want to be somebody, you got to keep going. Yeah. I think, I think nowadays too many people get caught up on the, well, this person's not doing this for me and I, I can't do this because they're not doing this and, and, Oh, well, I don't know how to do that. So it's not going to get done. And it's like, yo, at the end of the day, fam, like, you have a life to live. You have to provide for yourself. And, and again, this, this is where it comes from, like my upbringing and having to be on my own. It's like, bro, I got to get it by any means necessary. So Absolutely. if you're not going to do it for me, I right, bet be out and yeah. I'll get this shit done. Yeah. 
And once I get it done, don't try coming back being like, well, now I can do it because you're doing. No, I'm good. Train's once it, it's like that quote, it's like, yo, if I ever needed you in my like, if I ever asked you for help and you didn't help me, I'll never and I figure it out. I'll never need you again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you don't love me at my lowest, then you don't deserve me at my highest. Yeah. That type like, of shit. It, yeah. And, and, and like, it, that's really what it comes down to. And so like I just started little by little learning every aspect of my job. Yeah. Right. Hey, I I have to be a salesman. I have to be a musician. I have to handle my business. I have to market myself. I have to merge, you know, be a salesman with the merch. Yeah. Um, Entrepreneur. Networking, you <laughs> yeah. know, all yeah. that stuff. Uh, building the brand. Ooh, how am I going to do this? Like, what, what are, how do I want people to perceive me? Like, I started doing that. Whereas before it was just like, I let other people figure that out. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest mistake nowadays is, is relying on other people to bring you success. Like yeah. you should be bringing your own success and then other people will come and help you amplify that. Hey, Martians, real quick. I appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch wherever you are in the world. Over the last few months, the Martian family has grown so much. I could not be more thankful for all of my guests and every single one of you who continue to tune in every single week. Subscribers, ratings, likes, and comments all help us grow here on Mars. And it would mean the world. If you haven't already, please go to onmarspod.com slash subscribe to subscribe on YouTube. Like and leave a comment. Rate us on Spotify. All this good stuff helps keep the engine running to inspire Martians all over the world. P.S. Follow us on Instagram at onmarspod. Okay, let's get back to it. All right, I'm sorry to anyone who's watching this and not just listening. My camera cut out, but I'm going to... Every time I speak, I'm just going to have like a frozen thumbnail of me just like... <laughs> That's fire. Um, but Mike's camera never turned off. That's ridiculous. Ah! All right, it's all good. 30 minutes of you just like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just do like a loop video of just like, <laughs> damn it. All right. Um, so we were just, we were just talking about uh, like um, basically being in a position to know that you have to be the one to drive yourself and you can't just be relying on other people to kind of do these things for you. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was, um, that's a, that's a really important part of being an artist, especially in these days, because um, to kind of go back to our point, we were talking about with uh, the superstars of yeah. our childhood, they were part of the machine. You know, they were the ones that all they have to do is try to get buzzed to get signed. And once they get yeah. signed, all their problems are yeah, taken they, care of. Yeah, and that's but, the old mindset. But you learn too, like, you know, now the the kind of like glamour has faded because all those artists come and speak out about being like <laughs> 360 deals. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I had no money during that time. Like yeah. I was doing world tours, bringing in millions and millions of dollars and I, I have nothing to show for it. So it's just like knowing the business nowadays is so much more important than it was back then. Everybody just, Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm gonna sign a record deal. I'm going to sing either my own song or a rendition of an old song and I'm going to be on the radio and then I'm going to tour and I'm going to be famous. And, and, and that's all I care about. And now, you know, that's one thing I do love about today's artistry is that we're so much more self-aware and there's so much more knowledge out there because of podcasting, because of just like in interviews from people in the past. And it's like people 
take that shit for granted, but it's like, yo, we have people dropping gems for us daily. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody, I, I love watching Joe Budden, right? Cause he keeps it all the way funky and he's, he's an artist. So like it allows me to really like pull game. It's just like anything, right? Like people want to go play for uh coach prime Deion Sanders because he's the greatest to ever play his position in football. And right. so why wouldn't you want to play for a hall of famer? You know what I mean? As opposed to playing for someone who never played the sport so they can't relate to you in that type of way. For me, it's the same way. It's like, I want to listen to guys who did it 20, 10, 10, 20 years ago because they, you know what I mean? Experienced it in real time. And so when they're telling you to go do this and go, go do that, like they don't have to be saying that shit. They're yeah. doing it out of, out of the kindness of their heart to put people on so that the same mistakes don't get made time and time again. And you're able to like, really become your own business and that's why we see people like futuristic yeah. and 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 russ and other artists that you know and in even anise and like in today's generation of musicians where it's like they are the business they're not just the artist yeah and i think that is what is so dope to to experience um and to just be a part of absolutely now i'm glad you bring uh, zach up because you met you met zach in around that time when you came back to connecticut right after la um is that kind of around the time that you it was met a him? little it was a little well, like i that. was probably in connecticut for like a year and some change okay um but yeah yeah we we linked in uh in that again there, there's like levels of my life right of my craft my artistry that i always like attribute and like it was like going to la was a wake-up call coming home was rock bottom and then coming out to arizona with futuristic was like the oh i can do this shit i can really do this shit you yeah. know because i'm because it was the first opportunity for me to work with somebody who was successful who right. was who's a you know a famous artist you yeah. know and who has made millions of dollars making music um and for me to be able to match <coughs> his hustle was something that i i i took it as a challenge like and we spoke about it now but like before that like he didn't know but like when he was like yo you're gonna come out here we're gonna do this 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 and this and like four days so it was like i was working a full-time job at that point and i remember i flew out on a thursday I got here at like 2 a.m. We worked all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And I flew home. I took a red eye Sunday night back home and and drove from the airport to work Monday morning. Grinding. And I re bro, I remember pulling up to work and I was like, yo, I swear to God, let someone say something. Let yeah. someone have smelly breath today. Yeah. I'm quitting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do not test me. I'm so tired. Like, Thanks. you know, but like. I lived my dream for three days where it was like I was shooting music videos, shooting podcasts, um, just just being an artist, being the artist that I wanted to be and working really hard and and getting it done and not being like, you know, some people have moments where they realize like, oh, shit, like maybe I'm not cut out for this. And maybe I can't do what they're doing. Right. I in that moment, I was like, oh, I can do this shit, you know, um, and 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 just having him as a you know, a role model and somebody that like really puts me on game, you know, not just like, yo, you can't just sit back and just be an artist. Like you got to be your business because there's a lot of artists, his level that are broke. Yep. You know, they, they, they caught their fame, they spent their bread and now they're broke. And he's somebody that was able to take what he did and amplify it 
and make sure that he could provide for his family. And now he lives the life he wants to live. And he's blessed with an opportunity to have his own resurgence. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, listen, like I took this time, but like now I'm back into music and I'm about to go crazy. And like, so talking to him and hearing him and, and the things that he speaks about, um, and just the way his mind works, like has allowed me to kind of shift all my focus with music and, and a lot, of, it's not just him, right? Like I'm, I'm actually, I think about it all the time. I'm very blessed to be surrounded by the group of musicians that I'm surrounded by. Right. And, and, you know, when I say that, I mean, like I have someone like futuristic that I can, that I talk to every single day. I have someone like a niece that I talk to every single day. Right. right? I'm surrounded by, um, Nick D Teddy swims. Right. Um, there's, you know, there's so many artists that I can tap in with on the regular to gain perspective. And they're like, they're the next level. They're the level that I'm trying to get to, you know? So it's like their motivation, their words of wisdom, their, Th- them just uh, being a driving force in my life. It's like, yo, I know it's only a matter of time before I'm where they are, you know? And so it's, it's I'm, I'm blessed to have real time artists that are actually doing it and making great livings, uh, be in my corner and supporting me and giving me those gems and just like little hints and tips on how to elevate as the artist that I am now. For sure. And, and futuristic and Anise, those are like indie artists, like independent Full, artists yeah. who are self-made. And yeah. that's like, who you are too. So it's like to have that mentorship in a way, but also be like boys with these dudes. Like, I think that's key to to a lot of people's success is like surrounding themselves with people that are like-minded. And it doesn't always happen like that. You know what I mean? Like you link with artists and like, it's just like on some like, cool, cool. Nice to meet you, bro. Like, yeah, we, we caught a vibe. Cool. Great. Great. I'll I'll check you with, with, with futuristic and with a niece. It's, like organic friendships to where like me and Anise will be on the phone for like two hours and we'll probably talk about music for like 20, 30 minutes tops, you know, and the same thing with futuristic where it's like, you know, we talk about music for a fraction of the conversation and then it's like, yo, let me, let me talk to your son. Like, you know, I'm uncle Mike and like, we're talking about this and family stuff and yo, this is how you should invest and this is what you need to do. And you know, that's, that's what I take a lot of pride in is like building relationships with, with these people, um, friendships that will last outside of music, Absolutely. you know? Yeah, man. And in that, uh, that three day period that you were working with futuristic out here in Arizona, um, you did something with the big Dawes and you were doing like the public performance thing yep. and you were doing that whole, that whole thing. And that was like the beginning of something that was really important to you, to you. Um, well, I guess your, your blow up on socials was like yep. the public performance stuff. So it's, but that was like the beginning of it. So, how did that feel in the moment? Like, do you remember being like super nervous about it or were you super excited? And like, I was, was terrified. It? Yeah. I was so terrified because I've never, you know, I've never done anything. Can I give like you that. a little something and you tell me what you think? Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, but I'm not. We can really call it love at first sight. Remember you were standing there. Suddenly everybody else disappeared. Maybe I was caught up in that moment, but I just had to have you. I see the picture so clear. Sounds crazy, but I know it'll get no better than this. Your love is a drug I'm feeling for. You know it'll get no realer than this. So if you want it, then let's give it a try. Yeah. Cause we ain't getting no younger girl. When you're like, hey, you're about to just go sing to strangers. 
you automatically are like, well, what if I get shut down? Like, <laughs> right, right. Just I don't know rejection. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I literally just said to myself, I was like, well, if he did it, then I can do it. Yeah. Cause I'm talented like he is. Yep. And so I worked my whole life practicing, working on my craft. So I prepared for this moment without knowing I prepared for that moment. Yeah. And going out there, I remember for like the first like 30 minutes, like we couldn't find like a spot to sit at. People were just walking by. I was nervous, you know, like, how am I going to do this? And then I did the first, I like I sang to the first person and like, we got a great reaction and it was like, oh, okay. So then we, we shot for a couple <laughs> hours out there and, um, it was super dope because even the guy filming it for Big Dawes was like, well, first of all, I didn't even know we were shooting with Big Dawes. So like I got in the car that morning. We're on our way to shoot the, the prank. And I'm like, yo, who are we shooting with? They're like, oh, Big Dawes. And I'm like, hmm, who's that? And so I Google it. I'm like, yo, I know this dude. Like he, yeah, he's yeah. humongous. Yeah. Like, That's Clay Thompson. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like the stakes just got that much higher because yeah. people are going to really see this shit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, but I remember even... After that day, that night, we shot a music video for my song, Somebody Else. And I remember after we shot the video, I sat outside and it was the night before I was going home. And uh, I sat outside and, and I just like posted on my socials, you know, just like a story of me just speaking in the moment. And it was like, yo, I really feel like I just like unlocked a new level of my artistry, like being able to go out and perform in public and sing in front of people and, and be confident and have fun and not always be so serious about everything. Right. Right. And to be honest, like little did I know six, six months to a year later, I'd be going around the country singing in public. And those are the videos that are now doing millions of views. Yeah, um, sure. and have helped me, gain recognition like even something like yesterday like it's so crazy but you know me and uh futuristic went on vacation in hawaii last year and like we're in hawaii and like someone comes up they're like yo bro like i love your music and i remember futuristic's face lit up more than mine <laughs> yeah he's like whoa because he was just like yo he was like this is so beautiful like he's yeah, experienced it so circle, many times but to see to see it for me you know, yeah. it's it's a blessing for him because he puts so much stock into me and, and he helps me out so much that I know that was like a big moment for him and for me. And even yesterday, like landing in Arizona, I'm in the airport and some dude's like, bro, you're the dude like I see I see your TikToks all the time. Like, bro, your wow. music's crazy. Like, keep going, bro. And it's like those moments like may seem little to people, but it to me, it's so major because it's like, bro, I'm in Arizona in an airport wearing a beanie. My hair's up. Like, how do you? But you paid attention enough to know that it was me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sure. it happens ev everywhere I go now, like seldomly. Like it's not like rushes of people, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's not that. But just those little reminders, it, it lets me know like I am getting out there. People do know who I am. Like I'm bigger than I was last year, two years ago, you know, and that's all a part of the growth. Yeah, man. And to see yourself now, like versus like before you went to LA, you know, when you were still in Hartford or it was it Hartford or it's right, it's right there. It's Newington, but Newington. So when you were in Connecticut though, like to be that person and then to like see yourself getting recognized in an airport, like that Connecticut Mike has got to be so proud of the Mike that you are today. You know, and I think a lot like, of times yeah. 
a lot of times, you know, artists say, you don't look back, right? Like I, I've always been a forward thinker. I've always moved forward in my whole life and very rarely do I stop to smell the flowers. Yeah. And those moments are the, the moments that make me realize like, yo, you're doing it. Like you're, you're not, you're not where you want to be. You're not where you could be or should be, but you're going somewhere yeah. you're, and you're moving forward. You're not moving backwards. And to me, that is, you know, people always say, right. Um, like when you win the Grammy or when you get to the mountaintop, it's not the mountaintop itself. That was the important part. It was the journey to the mountaintop. Yeah. And so I think for me, that's what I'm trying to live more and more. Right. Whereas like, again, when I'm, when I'm in Europe or, or when I'm on tour, like, you know, I went on my first tour ever 16 months ago. And I remember that feeling of being like, yo, I'm finally going on tour because everyone, when they say, oh, you're a musician, do you tour? And you say, no. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, like ah, it's no. like, damn, <laughs> you know, touring is one of those things that separates you from like an internet personality to like a real true touring act and musician. And that's been my dream this whole time. And so now, 16 months later, I've now gone on six tours. Jeez. I've been home. I've been gone for half the year. Wow. You know, like living out of a suitcase, just being being on the road, but seeing so many different parts of the country and, and now the world. And it's like, to think back two years ago, I remember being at like my barber shop, getting a haircut and being like, bro, like, I don't even know what I'm about to do. I don't even know how I'm going to make music like or like make money. I started like painting houses as like just a way to survive, to pay my rent. And then now, you know, two years later to be doing music full time and traveling and spending, honestly, spending more money than I've ever spent. um, It's like a great feeling and a bad feeling at the same time because it's like, well, you have the money to spend. um, But damn. (laughs) <laughs> you know seeing that money go yeah uh and I, I remember even early on with futuristic like we'd be talking i'd be like dang bro like i just had to spend like a thousand dollars on this thing he's like fam spend like thirty thousand a month like <laughs> on bills and yeah. like payroll and shit i'm like goodness gracious yes yeah, and then like this doesn't stop <laughs> yeah and then like this year like now i'm spending that yeah. much money but you know like you gotta invest in yourself like you exactly. gotta buy the merch like you gotta you got to travel. You got to, got to stay busy. And so it's like, does, does it hurt to see the money go for sure? But like, do I know that it's going to come back to me tenfold for sure? I believe it, you know, and I'm going to make sure it happens. Yeah, man. And and you, uh, I mean, you didn't come from being like, you know, spoiled. So it's just like, you knew the value of a dollar. So like having to spend a thousand dollars, like, that's going to hit you. You know what I'm saying? That but shit, spending a hundred dollars <laughs> still right now hits me. Like, I'd be like, damn, bro, you really need this? Like, what about 95? <laughs> you know? So like, yeah. I'm always yeah. going to be uh, a cheapskate at heart. Um, but I think that's, that's important. You know what I mean? Not For to just sure. blow money and I spend it where it needs to be spent. So it's like, if I know that it's going to better my career or my craft or, or move me forward in any way, shape or form. I don't even hesitate. For sure. You know? Like it's, it's be the difference between you having a unsuccessful tour or a successful tour. Yeah. And it's just like, you have to spend money to make money at the end of the day. For sure. So it's just like being an artist is no different than any other entrepreneurial endeavor in that sense where it's just like, if you don't invest in your business, you're not going to make it. Yeah, you're a business owner at the end of the day. So For it's sure. like, 
uh, a landscaping business. Well, you can't landscape with just your hands. You need machines. You need trucks. You need tools. You need, you know what you I'm saying? Employees. Like you need employees. You need <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. You need insurance. You yeah. need all, so like yeah. for me, it's it's the same thing where it's like, you know, even something as simple as like this last European tour. Yeah, I didn't get paid for the tour. Mm. I paid for everything. You know, and 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 I was booking everything. So like I'm booking hotels and I'm booking flights and trains and Ubers and food and, you know, and and it adds up. And, you know, I probably spent like six thousand dollars on that trip to go to Europe for two weeks to perform for people. And, you know, someone might be like, yo, Mike, you're crazy. But in my opinion, it's like, hey, I wanted to start building an international fan base and I wanted to see the world. And for me, the fans that I received during that tour, who knows how long they're going to support my career for, right? Like next time I go on tour in Europe, they'll show up. Maybe they'll buy merch. Maybe they'll buy merch from my next online merch sale. Maybe they're going to stream my music. Maybe they'll buy my album. Maybe they'll buy a meet and greet. And that money will come back in some way, shape, or form over the course of time. And it might even double, triple, or 10x. It will, yeah. You know? And so that's, for me, that's just what I have to put in my head when I'm spending money on on, on certain things is that it's not going to, it's not an immediate, like, flip. But for longevity, it, it will benefit me in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I think that the root word is investing. You know, you're investing in yourself because you know you're not going to stop this. So it's like if you keep going, just based off your track record, you know, five years ago, where were you at? Five years from now, Facts. where Facts. are you going to be at? Like, it's going to be, you're, you're not going to think about that sixth grade. Facts. <laughs> so that, straight up. I'm going to still think about yeah. it, but uh, <laughs> it probably just won't hurt as as much, but yeah, nah, I'm gonna still think about it. I'm like, man, you know, but uh, yeah, it's nah. Like, have a five. <laughs> yeah, you you know, like I said, man, you got to invest in yourself. Yeah. If you if you'd be you'd be uh doing yourself a disservice to not invest in your your talent, but investing like you're only investing like in your craft, like working hard, but then not investing the money that you make. Like you gotta you got to do both. They go hand in hand. For so sure. it's like, you can't, you can't be scared in this industry, right? Yeah. You have to take risks. You have to take chances. And and sometimes they, they work out and sometimes they don't. I've taken many chances that didn't work out, but it might've led me to something in some way, shape or form that then worked out. And I could look back and say, okay, I, I, I fucked up here. I did this wrong, but guess what? This made up for these three mistakes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or not mistakes, but lessons. Right. You know? And so, uh, yeah, that's just how I always apply everything. It's like, yo, if I say yes to this and I do it and it doesn't go well, at least I can sleep well knowing you tried that I know the outcome. Yeah. But if I say no, I will wonder the rest of my life if that move could have been the move that yeah. would change my life forever. Man. Yeah, beautifully said, man. And I think that's like uh, goes back to like the uh, the age old saying of like everything happens for a reason. And I live my life by that 100 percent. You know, I wouldn't be in Arizona had I not said yes to a multitude of different things. And I think uh, saying yes has been something that's like say yes, figure it out later. That's yeah. like, so it's been like, it'll, it'll work itself out. It'll work itself out if it's supposed to. 
Um, so I, I love that we went on that because that's kind of talking about like being influenced by the independent artists around you to become the yeah. independent artist that you are today. Um, but I do want to talk about like getting into like open verse challenges and like the social media things and kind of putting yourself out there because that was the, that was that the start of that where you yeah. were putting yourself out there trying to gain viral traction. I remember Zach talking about how he was the one to kind of push you to go on the TikToks and do yeah. all the social stuff and and at, at first you were a little hesitant, but then you you went in and you did it, and it yeah. it, it proved to be you know well, it was, worth it was, your while. It was that it was a again it was like a combo, right? So it was like, uh, you know, futuristic had been pushing me to like shoot content and be like more like in the the consumer's face and just out there, and um, I ended up taking a trip in the beginning of January of not this past year, but the year before and linking with Nick D who's like a humongous independent artist. Yeah. And, um, we were working on a record together. And the funny thing about Nick is like me and Nick got connected bef like when he was smaller than I was as an artist. Wow. And you know, I, over the course of time, like I watched him just grow and grow and grow and he never stopped. And that's the thing is like he, every time I opened Instagram or TikTok, this man was on my screen, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and he was entertaining, right? Like, and, and in a fun way. And so I remember like we were talking and I'm, I'm not putting his business out there at all, but like, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to show you my, my distro kid, not to brag, but just to inspire so that you know that if you do take this step as like a content creator, it could end up benefiting you in ways you never thought it would. And when I saw the money, I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, I can't believe that I let my pride and my ego right. hold me down for so long because Nick's somebody that like, he just likes to have fun, bro. Like he's, he's the most, normal dude I've ever met, right? Like he likes to have fun, goes with the flow, um, never switches up for anybody. And he made a living and, and a career and a very successful one now just being himself. Yeah. And for me, those two moments is what really motivated me to switch up my whole game and be like, oh, okay, cool. Short form content, uh, repetitive music posts, um, and also figuring out yo, what am I good at? Well, I think I'm a better singer than most. So I, and I have no, I'm not scared to sing in public. So let me go sing. Let me go sing out in the open and get people's reactions and see what they do and, and, and post those. And, and that's when all my videos started doing well. And I started growing, um, and just, yeah, started getting looks like the phone started ringing once I started doing that. So 100%. I definitely attribute, um, the start of all that to futuristic and Nick D for both kind of pushing me in, in a position in, in a way to grow as not only a musician, but someone who likes to have fun as a content creator too. For sure. And it kind of gave you the, the battery in your back and gave you the confidence that you can do Hell it too, yeah. you know, yeah. cause I'm sure being on Instagram, you saw all these artists doing this stuff, but you were just reluctant to do it because you didn't think that that was. You. I was just like, "Yo, I'm a, I'm I'm an artist. Yeah, I like, need to be cool. Yeah, and I need to pride, I need yeah. to make this music, and I need everybody to think I'm a superstar. And this is that. And it's like, yo, just because you have fun on camera and I'm a clown and all that doesn't mean my music is any less valuable or good. Right. You know, like 
you're still going to love my music. It's still timeless. That music is still going to be what it is. Me having fun with it is just a plus. Yeah. Right. Because it lets people know that I'm the same as them. And I think that's why for me, I've always taken the approach of like, yo, I'm a human being. So when I talk to like my core fans, like we do like a live zoom once a month, right. On, um, on gr- the app grouped, oh, it's nice. called the Manelli family. And a lot of times, bro, I keep it so real where it's like, yo dog, like I'm struggling right now. Like mentally I'm drained, like I'm run down, you know, because I think it's important for people to understand that even though I smile and have a good time, I have my down days too. Like I, I, I have, I overthink, I have dark, dark times. And, and that's just a part of like letting them know like, yo, we are the same just because of what I do is in front of a camera and it glorifies this life doesn't mean I don't struggle any more or less than you. Yeah. You're still human. That's really all it is. It's like, and all these people are still human. You know, all these people that are content creators and all these people that are huge, they still have their struggles. They still have to deal with the day-to-day bullshit that all of us have to do. Maybe it's different, but everyone has their own struggles. We all got to pay bills. We all got to take the garbage out. We all got to put our undies on, you know, one leg at a time. We all go to the bathroom. We all, you know, so it's like I've, you know, and the majority of my life, I was a blue collar worker. You know, I did everything under the sun, paint, landscaping, masonry, roofing, carpentry, you know, so like I was getting my hands dirty my whole life. So that's why when I meet people at shows, I can relate in such a uh, such a way in which it's like, yo, I've I've lived your life. Yeah. Maybe not for as long as you, but I've lived that life. I know exactly what that feels like. And so when you come spend you know, your hard earned money to come watch me perform. I don't take that for granted. I give you the best show I can give you. Even if I'm at my lowest energy, even bro, like I was working on 45 minutes or an hour of sleep in, um, London. And bro, I still went out there and gave them absolutely everything I had because it's like, at the end of the day, to me, it's another show, right? London. And then the next day I'm traveling to another city for them. They bought tickets two months ago as a present for somebody. And for those two months, they're looking forward to that show. And so when they show up, I need to make sure that they leave and say, yo, that's the best show I've ever been to. And I will be back. Yeah. No doubt about it. Absolutely, man. And I love it. it's like you kind of uh, put put their experience ahead of like what you're struggling with at the moment, because Facts. like that moment for them could be a lifelong thing and you Facts. you might make a lifelong fan but if you came up there super low energy tell them like hey guys i'm not really feeling it yeah. but i'm gonna get through it like they're immediately gonna be like ah damn like ah. it's not their problem <laughs> yeah, it's not sure. their problem like they it's like yeah at the end of the day that's where beco- being a professional comes into play for sure you know this is my job i don't take it lightly yeah. and for me i'm here to do a job and to keep me doing this job and for people wanting me to open for them or do shows with them or, or venues booking me, I have to make sure that I hold myself to a certain standard. So from the second I walk into that venue, me and my team have to be professional, welcoming, positive, Yeah, you know, making sure that that venue at the end of the night says, Hey man, you are amazing. We'd love to have you back anytime. Yeah. Especially that's that's important to me. Yeah, man. And building that international love too, like that's huge. And I mean, to, to that point, it's like, um, and I, I do want to kind of touch on like the, the open verse challenges um, a little bit because like public performances are different from like the open yeah. verse challenges, but like 
the open verse challenges kind of brought you into different doors where it's like you met Teddy Swims. Yeah. You, you got the attention of Logic. You got the attention of Anise. You yeah. know, you ended up doing an official remix with Anise for yeah. Leave Me all because you decided to do the open verse challenge. Yeah. And it's like had your homies tag him in it. And it's just like that led to another thing. And then he offered you like those uh, that last those last minute shows or something like yeah. that, where it's just like just these things of you putting yourself out there, that's what kind of led to the opportunities. And um, I kind of just want to talk about like when you did that open verse challenge for Anise and how that changed, changed the, that's, I felt like another, that felt like another like moment in time where like when you met Zach, like that yeah. kind of thing was like when you met Anise, that was like another moment in time where it changed your, your artist yeah. up a little bit. No facts. So like, yeah, the thing was, is like when I met Futuristic, it was, I kind of got welcomed into his network, yeah. right? So like I was working with all his artists that he knew and he was reaching out being like, yo, Mike has this record, like love to have you on it. But I didn't have my own network, right? Like I didn't know artists, like yeah. I knew artists because of him. And so for me, open verse challenges were, was a perfect way and still is a perfect way to get the attention of artists that I want to work with or be connected with or in the same conversations with. Yeah. So, you know, with Anise, like he dropped the first one, it was leave me. I did it. Um, I got his attention. We spoke a little bit, but it was nothing like we didn't build on anything. We didn't, you know, and then he did shortly after he did a sun and moon open verse challenge. And I remember being like, eh, I'm not going to do it because I already did leave me and I don't want to look thirsty and I don't feel well. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then I thought to myself, like, yo, I'm literally risking my entire life on this music shit. And for me to let my pride and ego get in the way of potentially gaining more awareness about my music by doing two open verses and making sure I'm one of the first people to do them. Like, I again, I'm like, I'm I'm taking myself not as serious as I should. And I, and I'm uh, allowing my, my evil thoughts to take over, like put all that shit aside, just be you because you never know. Again, that whole mentality where it's like, if I do it, I'm going to know what's going to come from it. But if I don't, I'll never know. Yeah. And that's literally what happened. You know, like I, I did the Sunday moon challenge. A lot of pretty faces go waste my time, but you're my dream girl. You make flowers bloom. You make the flowers girl, bloom. You make the stars glow. his friends were messaging him yo you gotta hear this dude you gotta hear this dude like i was messaging him i was in his dms i was every video he posted i commented on like i made sure that he had no opportunity to forget who i was yeah you know and 
and it was also at a time where like he was blowing up so like you know how many other artists were probably hitting him I'm so sure. like i had to really put that work in to show him too like yo i'm not just trying to use you i think our lanes will actually complement and benefit each other right like Absolutely. you're huge but like to have someone like me in your circle is a great thing and vice versa right we we complement each other very well um i think i i bring a lot of like spiciness to to his circle um and it's something that now we've formed like this whole brotherhood and family type of atmosphere when we go on the road together and i mean case in point like i've done five tours with him now yeah you know so yeah. it's like to to say imagine if i didn't do the sun and moon challenge yeah exactly. I, I would exactly. never be on these That's tours crazy and That's like crazy. we're going back on the road in, in in january and i know this is going to air after january but it's like you know we're going back on the road and then we're already talking about like cool like let's take a little break and then we'll, we'll work on music together and then you know i keep saying like yo i'm gonna blow up like i'm gonna have my moment and then we could do mini arenas and amphitheaters together and like to have those conversations with somebody you once only knew through the internet i mean and again futuristic's the one that put me on a anise yeah like literally was like yo, this dude's crushing it. He's singing songs in his car. Like he he's growing at a rapid rate. Check him out. To now be here, like I was on FaceTime with Anise and Futuristic earlier, right before this podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. and we're just talking about our plans for 2024. Like that's so dope to me, you know? Yeah. But again, like I said earlier, it doesn't always happen like that. Like it just, the universe brought us together. We're very similar with a lot of our thoughts and mentality. And I think I've proven to him, like, I'm not just somebody that is trying to use him for his status, but I actually care. And and I believe in who he is as a person. And I, and I think vice versa, where it's like, he's like, yo, Mike really rides for me. And therefore, I'm really going to ride for Mike. Yeah. You know, so it's just sure. about making sure that no one's pouring too much and, and emptying out their glass more than the other. You know what I'm saying? I provide value. He provides value. And and that's how a good relationship, any, any relationship or a business relationship, a, a love relationship, you know, it's, it's two people coming together, both providing value and, and showing the other person that they care and they're committed. And that at certain times, like you're going to have to take some L's in order for that person to win and vice versa. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's cool that like, uh, it, there was like a, uh, certain like, uh, events where it's like Zach led you to, to, to Anise and then Anise gave you the opportunity. And like, if you wouldn't have, if you have never like put yourself out there, man, it's, that's just going back to like to everything. It's, it's crazy. Like, bro. And I know artists, about that. Like, I know artists that like, will be like, damn, I'm, I'm not doing open verse challenges. Like that's like, you know, that's below me. That's beneath me. Right. And yeah. I'm like, cool. I can, I can, that's fear of rejection. I'll, I'll let you say that, but I'll tell you what, I know the difference in my bank account before <laughs> my open verse challenges and after, you know, because, and that's the truth is like more opportunities, like we're coming, like businesses started coming and being like, yo, can you sing this jingle for my company and we'll pay you this. And, and we want to send you this free product if you do this. And it's like, the money just started coming in after all that happened. So Damn. it's like, I'm always like, yo, cool. You think open verse challenges are corny? Great. You could be broken and I could be corny. <laughs> yeah, That's sure. fine. But I'm not going to be broke. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm going to allow. So <laughs> I yeah, I just, uh, and, and that's the thing is like, yo, my open verse challenge is like, I still put a lot of work into them. 
Yeah. I still take pride in those verses. So yeah. they're great. Like I do them as if the artist is going to call me and say, yo, this shit is so hard that I want to put out the remix. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet. We, we did with Anise with like SoundCloud and like YouTube and stuff like that. Right. But like, nonetheless, like I've gained so much exposure and so many fans off of these open verse challenges and allows you to, to tap in with, you know, crash Adams, the same thing where it's like, uh, they're, they're humongous on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and, and Spotify. And, and they were like, yo, we love your content. We have this open verse challenge let's get up and like, let's perform it together. And I think that video has now done like 20 million views, Jeez. you know? And so now we have a friendship. Yeah. Like if I run into them, like it's all love and we plan on working together and it's just like, you know, good people are going to gravitate towards good people. And I truly believe that, that I've been blessed with the opportunity to have great human beings come into my life and help me one way, shape or form where it's like, hey, you're Mike, keep going because we had our moment. And when we blew, everything changed and your moment's going to come. And, and I just I literally believe that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not concerned about when. That's inevitable. I can't change that. What I'm concerned about is making sure that when it happens, I'm ready. For sure. And it's it's crazy because it's uh it's happening in real time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like right now, you know, like we're in between tours, like and uh like Anise was the first one to give you that like opportunity to go on a tour. And it was because when he offered you a show, I remember you talked about this on the Amplified podcast too. Uh, where it was like a last minute, got to get to Detroit or something yeah. like that. And you just said yes and you went. And that was, you know, you crushed it. And then he was saying like, this is going to take you very far. Shortly after that, offered you like a few shows on yeah. the summer camp run. Yep. And then you did a full summer camp run with him um, or something like that, where yep. it was like you guys did multiple shows. And that's, I feel like that's when it solidified like, okay, this is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it was... Yeah. yeah, uh he hit me on a Wednesday. He said uh the openers I had uh for whatever reason I don't even know what happened to be real with you, but I'm assuming they backed out or whatever uh for the first show in Detroit on Friday and I had already been on he put me on the New Haven, Connecticut show and the Boston show. Um and he called me on Wednesday. I was literally painting a house. Literally painting a house. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I'll be there. No questions asked. Yes. Got you. Yeah. And so Figure he put me on six shows wow. and then um, I just made sure every time I walked in there, I gave great energy. I was, I was helping them. I was folding their merch and making sure stage setups and everything was going smooth. Like I was a part of the team, even though I wasn't getting paid for it. It didn't matter. I was, I was adding value to their camp yeah. and um, they ended up putting me on the last two shows. So then I ended up doing, I think like, nine out of the 10 shows or, or 10 out of the 11 shows or whatever. And, um, we got off that tour. And then two weeks later he announced that he was doing like a 19 show run. Yeah. And I was like, I need to be on that <laughs> yeah, run. I'm like right. I need to, tr cause that, that first tour was just like the East coast. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I need to tour the country. I need to experience that. And I hit him nonstop. You know what I mean? I'm like, bro, I'll drive the tour van. Like I will drive. Yeah. Um, and dudes didn't believe me, but I actually do drive. Like I'm, I'm a driver. I love to drive. So I knew that would bring value to the team and, and also would save them money and would make me feel better. Cause I get car sick if I sit in the back. So win, win. Yeah. So like <laughs> for me, it was just, you know, continuously making sure I'm bringing value, whether it be helping them with their setup, 
driving the van so it allows for everyone else to rest um and then just making sure i'm putting on the best show possible and making sure that those fans know that when a niece comes out like they're at the peak of their energy so that when he hits that stage it's an explosion of energy yeah. you know and 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 so far it's worked out absolutely man and and i remember one time you had said something uh where you focused on being an asset not a liability yeah and i thought that was a really important quote because it's uh like even though you were by yourself pressing play on a macbook yeah to, you know to you didn't have a dj you didn't yeah. have a band you know you were by yourself on this tour so this was like you were just out there having to provide for yourself and i'm assuming you were paying for everything too getting paid minimally probably yeah. and it's just like that was an investment of your time and your energy oh, yeah. and like being that guy that's willing to be an asset to the team, not just be someone that's just like on for the ride, just like trying to get paid and trying to get exposure. It's like, that's just, that's just like icing on the cake there. Yeah. The, the cake is you actually being there and grinding and like being a part of the team. Right. So that's like I how said, you the, saw it. The money's going to come. Exactly. You know, and, and you never know where it'll come and what opportunities are going to come from it. But for me, it was like, any any artist that goes in and, and their first thought is like well how much am i getting paid where's my where's the money it's like bro you're in it for the wrong reasons already we're supposed to be here making music and inspiring people and and and, and gaining lifetime fans don't get me wrong we all need money so i'm not going to discredit the money part but if that's your first motivation that's your, you're in the wrong business yeah you know so i do it for the passion i do it to change people's lives because I know growing up music was a release for me. It was a form of therapy and it helped change my life. Yeah. So. Absolutely, man. Man, I love this. <laughs> this is great. So, um, so yeah, we talked about Anise and, uh, I, I kind of want to talk about like your own records now too, because after all this stuff happened, you went on these tours, um, your, your album long way from home went number two on iTunes R and B charts. Yep. It was like right under SOS is a like, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, and crazy. Like I remember seeing that and I was like, whoa, dude, yeah. like this is that's another shift right there where it's just like now the masses are starting to recognize. Yeah, it was it was wild. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it it came at a time where like people weren't really dropping, right? Um and I did that strategically. You know, I'm an independent artist, I can drop whenever. Major label artists don't really drop at the the end of the beginning of the year because the industry just shut down for a little while for the holidays and then they're right. picking back up. Um, that and, was in January, right? Yeah. yeah. And obviously like people aren't buying albums as much anymore. Right. So for me, um, I didn't expect anything to be honest with you. And I, and I remember I actually, again, I was at Anissa's house for a week for, we were doing content, right? It was like content week. Um, and I was driving home and I was dead tired. Um, cause my man's like to stay up late and these, and these be staying up late. It was like three, three thirty, four 4 AM. And then I'm an early bird. So, um, I was just lacking on sleep and I'm, I'm driving back from Virginia to Connecticut. And I remember just like randomly looking up my album cause it dropped that day and it was at number two on iTunes. And I was like, you know, between, yeah, SZA and Silk Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, Bruno Mars and Anderson I'm, I'm like, yo. <laughs> like, I caught a spark. I'm like, hey, Refreshing, yo. This like, is, yeah. hold on. <laughs> I'm like, is this real? Like, what? You know, and and uh, it 
it just was like a, it was a great moment for me and, and for the people that support me for them to see uh that we're, we're we're making an impact whether it's you know it's not the top 40 it's not billboard it's not this but it's like yo this 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 dude from newington connecticut who makes music in his basement um with very minimal support is top two on the r&b charts you know next to name like some of the greats and knowing that i deserve to be there i worked hard to be there for sure um man. was a it was a beautiful moment absolutely man it's cool that it's just so random too where it's, it's not like you knew that it was going to happen because sometimes some of those things can be like hey we're going to get you at number two on the yeah, chart or something nah, like, we're going to put like, you on number one or whatever for like eight hey, what <laughs> yeah hey yo <laughs> Nah, for real? Yo. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it was really that. So. Dang, dude. Yeah, I uh yeah, cuz I specifically I remember that cuz I was uh I was listening to you for a while. Like I think it was like around when I saw like Futuristic start to post your stuff and like kind of saw you guys working together in yeah. like 2020, 2021, I think is when I first like caught wind when you were still doing like mainly like uh, your studio in your studio and stuff yeah. and you did like pass the wine like that type of yeah. that energy yeah um so like to see that i was like dang dude like yeah. the rest of the world's finally waking up <laughs> and, and <laughs> i think crazy. that's that's the that's the dopest part about my journey right is that if you've been following me for a long time you know how long i've been doing this yeah and how many uh obstacles i've had to overcome to do it and and you're watching this unfold and it's unfolding beautifully yeah right man. and and if you're just jumping on you get that sense of satisfaction of like yo i feel like i'm i feel like i just discovered the artist that's about to blow up and become a superstar yeah and for me it's just like yo i'm just happy people accept the music that i make because a lot of times we all make music that we never know where it's gonna go or who's gonna listen to it or if if people are gonna embrace it um, and so just to be embraced by complete strangers um, in such a manner in which they believe so deep yeah. in, in the the art that I create um, and the talent that I possess, it, it's so beautiful to uh, to just like witness and be a part of. And and, you know, in return, like I just don't want to let people down, you yeah. know, so it's like when they're like, yo, you're going to blow. I know it's like, OK, like I got to do this for them. Like it's not even for me anymore. It's, it's for them, too. Yeah. So I think that's dope. Yeah, man, I I love to see it, bro. Um, so we did just uh, we did kind of briefly touch on the the Euro tour, and I just uh, before we start to close out a little bit, I want to talk about that, like how that kind of changed your life in a sense, because that's again like another level up where it's just like now you're an international artist. You could say you've gone on international tours, and yeah. you have international fans, and you were getting those crowds going, like. B Menace was doing those crazy recaps yeah. and showing like all the amount of people and like like I said earlier, you were getting all those people to two step. Like they had no idea who you were really. And and like, and just like the language barrier. Oh right. You know, right, Italy, right. Portugal, like Germany, like these are people that don't speak English. English as their first language. Right. And so, you know, I learned a lot about touring internationally too, where it's like, yo, I can't talk as fast. I can't tell the same jokes that I normally tell because some people don't understand them. Their, their way of life is different than ours. Uh -huh. um, but the, the one difference is that music is universal. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, you might not understand what I'm saying in between the songs, but when that music, when you feel that music and you hear the melodies, like, 
people don't need to hear the lyrics. If the melody sounds good and the music sounds good and it moves them, it's going to move them. And they'll go listen to it afterwards. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was just like being able to see so many different ways of life, cultures, um, you know, just just being around places that I've always dreamed about going. Like my biggest dream was to go to Italy and have pasta in Italy, <laughs> yeah. you know, like as yeah. a little kid. And so the fact that I was able to do that for the first time and perform my music and gain fans in that country, like, bro, like we're just checking things off bucket list after bucket list item. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's definitely something that I'll always cherish the opportunity and the ability to now say, yes, I, I am an international touring artist. Um, and I also did it on my own dime. Yeah. It's, you know? it's a very full circle moment where it's like these investments of time and money and energy that you've been putting in for all these years. is like coming around where Facts. it's like your childhood dreams of going to Italy are fulfilled by entertainment. Yep. And that's, Oh man, I I love to see it. And um, so what? Uh, you said you got a tour coming up in Jan January with the niece. Yeah. Um, so do you have any new music dropping other than like the Christmas stuff that just dropped? Um, like I know you're pushing that right now, kind of yeah. because of the season. Uh, but we ain't got anything else in the pipeline. We definitely, you know, uh, this year, you know, last year I only released six songs. So this year, one of my biggest goals is to release more frequently. I definitely have a lot in the tank, um, and I think people deserve it right like i've been touring these records that i've had out um but i'm ready to give them new material and just new vibes and new feels so yeah you're gonna get a whole bunch of stuff this year different and and you know different genres um different emotions different feels uh you also get like a collab album with somebody that i'm working on uh an album with right now um that i think is really dope and just just being very passionate about everything you yeah. know just everything that i put out i just want to be feel good about it and be happy with it and so yeah this year will be four or five times the amount of music that i put out last year um and just really getting back to the music you know touring takes a toll on you uh traveling so much takes a toll on you so i think it's time to you know have a year filled with music and then i'll, I'll tour it all again and and keep moving like that but uh yeah I want to give people as much music as I can this year. Hell yeah. I love that, man. And uh, I did bring my guitar out because I told Mike when he got here, I was <laughs> like, hey, bro, I learned one of your songs this morning if you want to try to perform it. Um, so do you, are you down to try it? Yeah, we let's, let's, hey, we'll see, see how it goes. See I how mean. it goes. Yeah. I mean, I just learned it today and Mike's, you know, fresh. He hasn't warmed up or anything like that, but I want to try it. This uh, is a song called Coffee that yep. I just feel like is one of those songs that like when you hear it, you get the goosebumps and you got crazy vocals on it, man. And let's do it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's give it a go. So my fellow Martians, give me one second. We're going to set this up and then we'll be right back. Just know if it goes bad, you'll never hear it. Uh, <laughs> if it doesn't go well, yeah. it will not be part if of the you, If you listen to the podcast, <laughs> and then all of a sudden coffee doesn't play it's cause we fucked it up <laughs> this is a Harry Barnes exclusive I thought I knew what love was until the day that I met you From that day forward, I told you I'd always be there. And every time you would call me, I would come running for you, baby. Yeah. 
We were living on a prayer, young as a one away. And now, when you're gone, I feel a part of me is like when you're gone, the world turns God, and I can't wait till I'm back with you, yeah. Oh, girl, I know it sounds crazy, but I can't live without you. I'm addicted, it's a problem, a problem only you can solve for me. Coffee in the morning, you're my sugar at the dinner time, you're my sunshine in the afternoon, you're my warmth in the winter time. That's all we can give them, that's all we can give them, that's all they get, that's all they get. That's coffee right there. Harry Mars, Michael Minnelli, you are now tuned in to the motherfucking greatest. <laughs> on mars thank you my fellow martians and go follow mike online yes, at mr minnelli on socials don't uh, f it up yeah <laughs> m-r-m-i-n-e-l-l-i handle okay? right here go follow him right yeah, here yeah. go listen to his music go support him if you are going to see him on tour uh if you're gonna you know go to the anise tour support this man too buy his merch because you know he's going to be out there funding it himself I'm saying independent artists support your local self-made thousand air right here. Yeah. Okay. Self-made thousand air. <laughs> yes, man. So let me put this away. Oh man. That was a great interview. Thank you so much again for coming on Mars, man. Appreciate I appreciate you, you, brother. Thank you uh, for allowing me to spread some wisdom and, and my story. Um, I think that's something that is very powerful these days is that artists aren't just their music, but there's so much behind uh, the camera and, and the mic. Um, and so thank you for allowing me to be here and, and tell all these beautiful people my story and a little piece of me. Absolutely, man. So again, go follow Mike online, follow at on Mars pod on Instagram and socials and, as well. And we'll see you guys next time on Mars. Love you. Peace. Hell yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode of the On Mars Pod and for sticking around to the end, man. I really appreciate you guys. You are the real Martians. Like this video, comment below what your favorite part was, what was most inspiring to you. Subscribe to the channel, hit that bell for notifications here on future interviews coming out soon. And also follow us on Instagram at On Mars Pod. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next time on Mars. Platform. Make them booty cheese clap for him. Yeah. I'll do the whole interview while Rubik's Cuban, okay? No. <laughs> yeah, because I just I'll just be looking at how pretty I am. You know. Kid, kids official is Alyssa. <laughs> and the yeah. Fiji water? Come yeah. on, stop playing with him. <laughs> Y'all podcasters out there, take a lesson from my guy Harry, okay? <laughs> he does it right over here. He Thank got the, you, the poured coffee, the drip coffee. Yes, sir. The Fiji water. Come on. My bad, my bad, man. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> I fucking fucked it up. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. It's all good.